Hello, I'm Michael L. Harris, and this is Midwest Entertainment Review, a place where I talk open and honestly about the entertainment I've recently seen in northern Indiana and throughout the Midwest. In this episode, which I've titled Elvis is Dead or Hello, I'm Not Johnny Cash, I review Doug Church's Salute to the Stars, currently playing at Bluegate Theater in Shipshawana, Indiana. I'll also throw in some more virtual freebies, and we'll hear from actor Braden Allison, whose first musical premiered this past weekend at the Southgate Church in South Bend, Indiana. Okay, so I'm beginning to feel a little bit like Simon Cowell here when having a streak of horrible talent come to the stage all in succession. You would think that after months of no live entertainment, my standards may have dropped a little bit, but that doesn't seem to be the case, and apparently everyone else is being entertained by these shows that I'm attending, so what's wrong with me? I'm just not getting it. Today's review is directed at Salute to the Stars, one of the two new shows premiering this month at Bluegate Theater in Shipshawana. In a previous episode, I shared a few thoughts on the Bluegate and Shipshawana itself. Later in this episode, I'll share more of my favorite freebies and online events. But before I get into my review, I have to give praise one more time to my friend Braden Allison. While the rest of us were cleaning out our garages and washing our windows to keep from going insane during the virus shutdown, 19-year-old Braden was producing, directing, and acting in his own musical. Since the production was more of a workshop for developing the piece rather than a fully polished, ready-to-go performance, I've decided that it would be unfair to review the show at this time. I'll wait until it's been fully developed and mounted to do that. But I will tell you that I did overhear the piano player share how detailed and intricate the musical score was and that she was impressed, and she happens to be a veteran performer as well. From what I heard, there are few working artists, let alone recent high school graduates, who could have pulled off what Braden did. Here's a clip from a brief chat that I had with him after his opening night. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Braden Allison, who's just premiered his new musical play, Androcles. Uh, it's actually a workshop production where he's trying to, uh, to put the pieces together for future more in more detailed productions and so Braden I just thought uh, we'd get you a, a chance to to plug your show a little bit and just kind of tell the audience a little bit about what you're trying to do with the show. Sure. Uh, well Androcles is based off of an Aesop fable of the name Androcles and the Lion um, which is a one-page short story about compassion. Uh, the story has grown into a historical fiction about a Roman enslaved boy who is going on a spiritual journey during uh, the oppression of slaves, Jews, and Christians by the tyrannical emperor Nero. And the story looks into themes of inner peace and contentment in times uh, that are hectic, which I think relate heavily to what everybody's going on with right now. I mean, even without uh, pandemic or political division, we all have our own personal moments of chaos that go on. And I think the show dives into this character as well as the characters around him and asks, how do we find contentment in those crazy times? Braden starts college at Ball State in the fall, and I can't wait to see what he'll do there. If I'm lucky enough, maybe one day he'll let me work with him. Now to Doug Church's Salute to the Stars. 
I must admit from the get-go that I am not a big fan of impersonators. And when it comes to Elvis, Dolly Parton, and Johnny Cash, those are mighty big shoes to fill. There are a few people who can actually pull off a believable impersonation of Elvis, or any iconic talent for that matter. Kurt Russell and Renee Zellwinger may be exceptions. I did see a play about a year ago called The Million Dollar Quartet, which recanted an impromptu recording session with Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, and Carl Perkins, and which had winning character portrayals of these one-of-a-kind performers, but I didn't even get the impression that Doug Church was trying to come across as a real impersonator of Elvis. And since his name was on the show, I would have thought that his performance would have been the pas de resistance, but it was not. His half-committed Elvis-esque moves and his attempted dancing was not in the least Elvis-worthy although the ladies in the audience did get a kick out of him shaking his bum at one point. I don't really know why people think they can come on and crucify Elvis and his material and get audience approval, but then I guess he did get audience approval. So what do I know? I guess I do also know why people think they can come on and crucify Elvis, and that is, I guess, that forbidden five-letter word, you know, the one that doesn't grow on trees, But seriously, although there were a few places where he did belt out some good notes, or at least I think it was him, or at least that part of him that could be heard above the SoundCloud that was his backup track and singers, I wanted to pull a Simon move on him and raise up my hand and say, hey, can you just sing here without the track? But somehow, I I don't think it would have made him sound any more like Elvis. Mark Gagnon, we won't go there, as Johnny Cash had an equally hard time staying on tune and remarked how much he loved singing a patriotic number which was entirely spoken. Not a lick of singing in it. Nevertheless, and unlike the other two shows that I've recently seen in Amishland, the audience really got into this. For my part, I was glad that each artist only had about a half hour of stage time apiece. On top of not really singing like the artists they portrayed, and I use the word portrayed very lightly here, and other than the fact that Gagnon used an extreme amount of vibrato in his voice to emulate Cash, he did not sound that much like him. These performers also did not look like the artists that they represented, and I just kept thinking, God, I hope these young people in the audience don't get the impression that they are really actually seeing Johnny Cash or Elvis Presley. Let them have exposure to the real thing, please. Miss Wendy T. performed as Dolly Parton, the only currently living member of the trio. I mean the trio of Cash, Presley, and Parton, not the folks on stage. And actually, she was the best of the bunch. She even looked somewhat like her, but even she was off-key enough that it negatively impacted the performance, and her dolly jokes and giggles began to get a little bit annoying after a while. Miss T did at least exhibit a fair degree of energy on stage. Mark Gagnon and Doug Church, however, did not display the intensity of the artist they portrayed. It might seem like an easy enough thing to go on stage and stand in a black suit, but standing in the clothes of an artist doesn't make you them. Gagnon did not move around much or dance and was relatively stiff-looking. Yes, I understand that Johnny Cash was also stiff-looking, but there was a deep intensity to the man that translated directly into his music and without which the music was rather generic. Gagnon did not have that intensity with Cash, nor did Church with Elvis. The first time I remember actually understanding that intensity was about 10 years ago when I saw a video of Rob Thomas of Matchbook 20 recording a song. The power and emotion behind his voice just blew me away. And while I know I had felt that before with great artists like Elvis, Garland, Streisand, and Minnelli, 
That was the first time it actually came into my conscious mind. Perhaps it will strike Mr. Church and Gagnon at a later date. I'm not saying the show was totally unenjoyable, and as I stated earlier, the rest of the sizable audience seemed to enjoy it. But I was a huge Elvis fan when he was alive, felt the intensity of his performance, and the underlying struggle he communicated. None of that came remotely close to the salute to the star stage. I did start singing along about halfway through the show when Dolly appeared, but I wouldn't go for a second helping, nor particularly recommend it unless you just happen to be hard up for any sort of Elvis cash or partner experience, that you have to see something. I mean, after all, there is YouTube if you get too desperate. Better to save your hard-earned pennies earmarked for the Blue Gate and see the Goot Life, or better yet, the Christmas ship. And there are many other entertainment options, unless you just have to go strictly on a Ship Shawana Diet. Doug Church's Salute to the Stars runs at Bluegate through September 5th, but never fear, I'm sure it will reemerge either later this season or next year. The rest of the audience liked it too much for it not to, and of course, Bluegate gives away a pie at every performance, so there is that to look forward to, even if the show generally blows. I'm not sure I can use the S word on a PG rated podcast. At the $25 price point, I guess it's an acceptable investment, but If you were choosing between that and a concert at Ignition Garage in Goshen, I would take the Ignition ticket any time. And even when I don't know the artists, I've rarely been disappointed. And speaking of Ignition, The Accidentals, one of the artists I was introduced to at Ignition, has been doing great free online concerts every Tuesday afternoon during the shutdown. They are broadcast on the group's Facebook page. Two other artists I met at Ignition Garage, Nora Jane Strother and Lyra Lynn, are also doing free online concerts during the COVID shutdown. In addition to her free concerts, Nora Jane offers a $2 subscription to her Patreon account. Patreon is a fan-sponsored music site. For the 2 bucks, you get access to additional viral concerts and two downloadable songs every month. By the way, meet and greets at Ignition Garage are generally free. The upcoming Billy Gilman concert is an exception to that. For other musician online concerts, check your favorite artist's website and or Bands in Town, a really great site slash app on which you can find out where and when your favorite artist is performing next or doing an online concert. Some of these concerts are free. Most are really cheap. Some artists that I follow that have announced online concerts there and on another great site, Stage It, include American Idol winner Lane Hardy, American Aquarium, Garth Brooks, and Paul McCartney, who recently performed in an online stream of the Chicago Fest Lollapalooza, which was also free. I also recently saw Josh Groban live through one of these apps. Independent artist David Archuleta, Season 7 American Idol runner-up, has also been doing regular listen parties for his new and past albums and a Sunday hymn release on his social media accounts. He also just released a fantastic new album, Therapy Sessions, many of the selections from which are available on YouTube. David is one of the best singers in the market today and exhibits that intensity that I noted was missing in Salute to the Stars. It seems that all great artists do exhibit that intensity. It's the light behind the raw talent. As Simon Cowell's notes, no one gets famous doing karaoke. Another one of my favorite experiences, whether on the road or at home, is to listen on Saturday nights to the WFMT Chicago broadcast of Folk Stage, hosted by Rich Warren, and the Midnight Special, formerly hosted by Mr. Warren. 
Midnight Special features music, comedy, farce, madness, and escape, to quote its intro. It airs every Saturday night from 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time, and Folkstage precedes it. Folkstage is often live, and you can buy a subscription to attend the Folkstage performances in person. They are generally held at the Old Town School of Folk in Chicago. Both the Midnight Special and Folkstage are available on radio streaming apps, as well as on the WFMT app. Don't forget the great opportunity to hear the replays of the Radio Hour musicals presented by another fine Chicago theater, Porchlight. These are replays of actual 1940s and 50s radio broadcasts and are available on YouTube. A new musical premieres every Tuesday. Check out the Porchlight website or search YouTube for their channel. The first two offerings were Anything Goes and Brigadoon, which are still available on the channel. Runtime is about 45 minutes. They are a great nostalgic trip into our theatrical past. I'll share more opportunities with you on future podcasts. If you have a specific question about area entertainment, or if you're a venue owner and would like me to review a specific show, you can contact me, Michael L. Harris, by email at sastunemedia at gmail.com. That's S-A-S-T-U-N media at gmail.com. To help offset costs of production, we gladly accept tips and donations. Check out the information in our description for further details. Michael L. Harris is a proud member of SAG-AFTRA, and this podcast is produced under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. In addition, you can support this podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing on social media. Our social media for this program and Michael L. Harris is at Sastoon Media on both Twitter and Instagram. The opinions expressed herein are just that, opinions. They are the observations of Michael L. Harris at the time of production, not definitive, not intended to offend or demean any person, production, or venue mentioned herein, and they are subject to change. Original music for this podcast was written and performed by Mark McPeak. This program and all of its contents are the property of Sastoon Media and MLH Media, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. 